It's the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I'm Jonathan Osmond, of course, joined by Maurice Hawkins. And Maurice, it's the end of the season. You said that you would start uh, your process to change the name from Tweet Team since we don't tweet anymore. (laughs) So I guess you better, I bet you better get started. Yeah. On this day, you can't even you can't even enjoy this day because not only are we ending the Rivera era, we're officially kicking off the Josh Harris ownership group era, the Jayhogs as I like to call them. <laughs> but uh, it's been a big news uh, day for football just in general. I mean, you yeah. had Nick Saban announced his retirement from Alabama. Pete Carroll, coach of the Seahawks, has retired. Yeah. Uh, the Titans got rid of their of of what Mike Bravel? Yeah, um, got rid of their coach. That was kind of unexpected. You think, you know, that this the the Titans are a team that has not addressed quarterback forever. Like, talk about a team that is being held back by their quarterback. They're one, and instead of addressing their quarterback situation, they go fire their coach. So that has a lot of people scratching their heads. Um, Apparently, everyone except for Mike Dable, uh, O'Brien Dable, is getting fired in New York for the yeah. Giants. Wink Martindale's out after cursing out the head coach. And uh, Bill Belichick is still in charge of the Patriots, despite right. many people thinking that this was going to be his last ride. So we've got, oh, yeah, and there's a, a Harbaugh that's also in the mix. So there's a lot of coaches. I figured next time we do this, we'll talk coaches because for Washington, the biggest news is is around GM and, and around the Jayhawks coming out and kind of laying out very methodically what the next uh, few weeks are going to look like for mm-hmm. the team and what they want to get in place. But before we jump into all things Jayhawks, uh, I love that name, the Jayhawks. Maybe and see people that are the Hog people. Maybe they might get behind that. Right. So, did you want? Uh, yeah, I know the Seahawks are your favorite, your number one favorite team. <laughs> You've lost your now your 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 favorite coach of your favorite team. Did you? <laughs> I want to give you just some time if you want to go ahead and and share. Um, you know your favorite thoughts of of your seasons watching Pete Carroll. Well, since the Seahawks are anyway, so let's move on. Now. <laughs> no, go ahead. Talk about your talk about your man. Well, the Seahawks aren't my uh, favorite team, but you know, uh, I mean, you know, Pete Carroll. I mean, he had a distinguished career in Seattle. Um, as yeah, going to coach. going to the the Seahawks right when he was getting in trouble for the NCAA. It was genius move. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to uh, tiptoe out of here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> let you know. do the old Irish goodbye. Yeah, he definitely stepped out on the bill uh, at USC. So, um, but no, I mean he's he's a guy you know he coached for fourteen seasons. You know, most of them winning seasons. You know, went to two Super Bowls, won one, won the only one Seattle's won. So, I mean, he's the all-time winningest coach in Seahawks history. So, I mean, I like what Seattle did is that they are making a coaching change, but they're elevating him to an advisor. So they still want him to be a part of the team and in some type of operational capacity, just not coach. It's going to be so, tricky. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, your new coach, even if they, if they unless they elevate a coach that they already have on staff, mm-hmm. your new coach is now going to be stuck with 
having to contend with guys potentially going to the old coach yeah. and appealing to him. Yeah. You know, that's why typically companies don't keep around the old CEO when they hire a new one. Right. They don't elevate him and say, go, go sit in this in the corner because they know <laughs> what kind of chaos is going to unfurl if they do that. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, that would definitely be an interesting dynamic for whoever the new coach. Can you is imagine if they the did Seahawks? that for president? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm just no. saying, like, I mean, not to not to bring politics into this, but can you imagine yeah. they just left the old president just kind of like sitting on the sidelines like, oh, we're going to make you an advisor to the country. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Well, I'm sure that was a. I'm sure that's a nice compensation package for him to stay in that advisory role. So. Oh, I'm sure it is. You know, yeah. I heard he's bad with money. I don't know. <laughs> I know nothing about Pete Carroll, really. Right. Uh, aside from what we already know, so he may be good yeah. with money. Don't sue me. Um, yeah. Well, that's you know, it, it, I think it's interesting, right? Because that was an unexpected retirement. Yeah. Um, and the. Uh, with Nick Saban retiring and out of the SEC, I mean that'll be very intriguing to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that's a pretty desirable job to go to Alabama. A lot of power. Uh, a lot of lot power. A lot of power. Yeah. A lot of power. I don't think anybody's going to have the power that Nick Saban has because the, the thing with Saban is that he won. Yeah. And he took kids that necessarily weren't winners and he made them winners, and then he yeah. elevated them to the NFL. Uh, where sometimes they won and sometimes they didn't. So, right. y- you know, I think that that he's that's like the end of a it's it's the end of an era. I, I would say it's very similar to the end of like when we do see um, Robert Kraft announced that uh, Bill Belichick is set. Like that would be the end of a twenty year era mm-hmm. of mostly success. Yeah, you just don't have that. You don't have that level of domination really in any sort of sporting capacity. And then here, here it is. So it's really intriguing. No, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think that Saban could represent the last of like a, a a dynasty coach, you know, where you have one man that wins multiple championships. I mean, he won six national championships total. I think five at Alabama. I mean, one at LSU. So, I mean, he's, I mean, his, his uh, credentials, as regards to being a winner at the collegiate level is, is impeccable. So I don't know if we'll see anyone at that level of winning for quite some time at one institution. Yeah. No, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Those are big, 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 big shoes to fill. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be curious to see if any of these current uh, coordinators <clears throat> or any of the current coaches in the NFL may go, uh, well, maybe I try to go to Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's remember he came from yeah. Miami. Yeah. After being in college and being the hot mm-hmm. coordinator. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, why not? I, I, I kind of dig it. Yeah. Uh, and that great opportunity. Yeah. So we also had, of course, Rivera's the end of the Rivera era as expected. Mm-hmm. They let uh, the new owners let Ron Rivera finish out the season. We kind of knew he was getting let go. He was brought in at eight o'clock, and by about eight twenty, he was sent uh, sent packing. I, I'm sure that his desk was already cleared out. Yeah, before he even had that meeting, mm-hmm. uh, it was probably cleared out in in September, to be honest. Right. Um, but uh, you know, I'm going to remember 
Coach Rivera for being a guy like not only did he come in and during a tumultuous time and probably had way too much on his plate, but that was kind of the assignment, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you have to go out and be successful against uh, insurmountable odds. And that's including the, the coach or the owner. Right. Um, and then you're going to be coach. You're going to be CEO. You're going to be uh GM. You're going to do all of that. And yeah, you know, in his, I, I, I think for the sad part about it is I think we're all going to remember how loyal he was only to people from Carolina and how poorly that <laughs> worked. Right. But I mean, look, this is a guy that survived cancer mm-hmm. and uh, beat cancer while taking the team to, uh, to winning the NFC East. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible Yeah, um, for a coach. And, and unfortunately we never kind of got back there again as, his record was was very mediocre. Um, only won about a third of his games, and this last season, I mean, having the second overall pick, I, I honestly i I couldn't think of a better way to end a relationship. Like, mm-hmm. I was concerned, and I, I was sure a lot of fans were that he was going to go eight and eight, <laughs> or or so he can't go eight and eight anymore. Uh, yeah. Seven and ten, uh, you know, like eight and nine. Like I really thought mm-hmm. we were going to see that type of season, and yet finishing second worst in the NFL with mm-hmm. by far the worst defense, being a defensive minded coach. Right. I mean, that was kind of good. Bravo, bravo, <clears throat> Ron. Well, I think that um, Coach Rivera will be known for you know all the things you just highlighted, but I also think you know he did bring a sense of normalcy to the football operations. Try to, you know, he tried. I mean, he definitely tried to, I think the biggest mistake for Rivera was he never got the quarterback position, right. You know, um, but that could be said about really any of these guys. Yeah, that's true. If you don't have a quarterback, you really don't have anything. No, 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 no. I mean, like, you know, case in point, uh, look at the Houston Texans. I mean, they were hot garbage in July last season. You know, they, knock it out the park with CJ Stroud. And now these guys go from worst to first in one season and they're surprise, surprise. Yeah. You know, and they're hosting a playoff game next week against, you know, you know, the Cleveland Browns and, and old, old man, Joe Flacco, who, you know, definitely was drinking. Also surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two surprise, surprise uh, situations with Cleveland and, um, and Houston. So I think that, you know, I don't think that's really standard operating procedure for most NFL teams where you go from worst to first. I mean, I think there's some growing pains. I mean, I think the commanders would be extremely lucky to be in a situation like that next season, but uh, you're going to need a lot of changes, um, which we're going to get, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, there is no doubt that this entire roster is likely going to get turned over. Yeah. Uh, Rivera did it when he came in. I mean, one of the first guys he got rid of was Trent Williams, and one of the next yeah. guys he got rid of was uh, um, Ryan Kerrigan. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he let Kerrigan play for a little bit, but then, you know, that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he really had his guys in mind of who he wanted to play, and um, he brought in everybody from Carolina, and a couple of them worked. Mm-hmm. Um, most didn't. Most, yeah. most were terrible. And yeah. they, they were past their prime, but they they could provide that sense of direction or whatever tone they wanted to set in the locker room. 
you know, Thomas Davis. Remember, Thomas Davis was a <laughs> linebacker for the at the time football team. Like right. Thomas Davis was out there on on two AC repaired ACLs and a and <laughs> out there trying to play play linebacker. Like, come on, man, not a good move. It, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he collected. A, he got one last paycheck. Yeah. He He's won't be remembered for his time here. No. Uh, but, yeah, I mean. Coach, Coach Ron said, I'm going to do you a solid. Yeah, I got, I got one more. I got one more in you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you know what I think, too? That also is probably going to mean that you're going to see. I, I can't imagine that John Allen and Deron Payne are here beyond this offseason. I think they get. I think one or both get moved. Mm-hmm. I think likely Allen is the one that gets moved. Right. Both were basically silent all the latter half of the season. I yeah. mean, John Allen finished the game against Dallas with literally one tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not for the vaunted uh, defense that that defensive uh, tackle that he he thinks he is and talks up this big game. One tackle against the Dallas Cowboys is pathetic. Yeah. And I think that that's I, I, I think you're going to see a lot of guys. I mean, I hope Terry McLaurin stays. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that, you know, Jahan is uh, somebody who stays. But, you know, much of that defense, I think, is going to get just completely blown out because they were just they were bad, bad. And there's yeah. not a lot of talent out there. There's just I think the talent that's there doesn't want to play. And the talent that um, and and the talent that that, that you drafted um, can't play. They're not up to the level of what they probably should have been drafted at. Right. And uh, so you got guys like, and I think Forbes, <laughs> Forbes showed exactly who he was against the Cowboys. And that was not great, but Quan Martin played amazing. Right. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't really want to dwell much on, on that last game, but um, I think that that game was kind of emblematic of Ron's time here at, in Washington, mm-hmm. right? You just a team just came up and and just kicked the snot out of you, and there's nothing you could do about it. Well, you know, to me, is that we lost every division game this year, right? Yeah, yeah. So we really won four. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to lose all your division games, mm-hmm. and you lost to Tommy DeVito. Yeah, like you didn't lose the quality Giants players. You lost to a guy that was literally. Sleeping uh, on somebody's couch. Yeah, it's sleeping at no. He wasn't sleeping on somebody's couch. He still lives at home. Mm-hmm. The first quarterback to ever live at home with his parents <laughs> beat an NFL team. So badly, badly yeah. too. Yeah. So you know, it's, you know, I think the thing about it is, is that you know when you had that dead man, dead man walking vibe with Coach Rivera. I mean, that definitely trickled down to the players. And you know, I saw some interviews. Uh, I think it was for, for Adrian Mathis. Uh, if I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, is he even on the team? Yeah, he is. But he was just saying that he just felt like a lot of players on the team got comfortable with losing. Like they lost any fight. Says the guy that's game. never playing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess he's I mean, to, great. He's, he's the one that constantly gets injured. And, yeah. and I think he's, I think he's literally logged maybe two, three games in his career over two years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was supposed to be the replacement to John or or Drawn, mm-hmm. and he's he's a replacement for nobody. You know, yeah, you know. Just on a sidebar, I was I was listening to uh, the NFL uh, uh, channel on XM this morning. They were interviewing um, Joe Theismann, 
and and they, and when and they when they introduced Thiesman, they said Commander's Legend Joe Thiesman, and I'm saying he's not a Commander's Legend. He didn't play for the Commanders. There was no okay. no thought of the All Commanders. All right, you know, okay. I had to rant. I'm sorry. I mean, like you know, I get to, just the team's name and everything. Say Washington Legend, right? Still Washington. the same. Yeah. Was he in the same build? No, he wasn't even in the same practice facility because they they no. practice out in 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 uh, what Forestville or Bladensburg? <laughs> Bladensburg is where mm-hmm. their facility used to be. So mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, who cares? Right. <laughs> you know, I heard somebody ask about like uh, during the Harris ownership group. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they did their presser. You know, someone was asking about if they were going to rebrand the team, and and Josh mm-hmm. Harris like, you know, we got bigger things to do. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Are we are we really doing this? We really bring in holding a candle to, you know, one day we're going to be the Redskins again. Like, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't hold on to that pipe dream. So, oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and um, what's today? Oh, today is Wednesday. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so today, Tuesday and Wednesday, the the the. Uh, Commanders really have have made, um, they've they have gone out and they've sought the uh, or they're interviewing mm-hmm. uh, assistant a number of assistant general managers and because really you can't go after the general managers, there right. you know you can't one for one at this point in the season, so you've got uh, kind of like the next generation of general managers, mm-hmm. and they're all interviewing down at Josh Harris's house down in Miami. Which, as an aside, is a thirty-two million dollar house, nine thousand square feet with nine bedrooms, nine bathrooms. It's waterfront, has a private basketball court, infinity pool. It's amazing, and it kind of made me think to myself. Um, and if you go, you go online, you can see the pictures on Zillow mm-hmm. when it was up for sale. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of it's it's nice. I, I I could I could live there if I had to. <laughs> right, uh, thirty-two million dollar house. But I remember this story that Dale Jr. once told when he was being courted by Joe Gibbs mm-hmm. and, um, and of course, Rick Hendrick. And so Joe at the time, um, this was, what, 2007 or 2008. So Daniel Snyder and Joe, of course, are close because, mm-hmm. you know, he just finished up coaching the, mm-hmm. um, the then Redskins. Are you happy with that, Maurice? Yes, I am. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so he just finished. He just retired the second time around, and um, so Joe, I guess Dan invited him up to 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 the house um in, on Potomac, the one that's currently for sale. That's also like thirty two million dollars, and it's something like twenty thousand or thirty thousand square feet. Like it's this massive house um, that was owned by like uh, the Shah of Iran or some some nonsense. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So, but I remember uh, Dale told the story of like, he, he met Joe there and he was like, just blown away by this place. Like he's a, kind of like a, I don't want to see like a normal guy because mm-hmm. like, he's very, very wealthy, mm-hmm. but, um, but he's not like, you know, Josh Harris wealthy, right. um, but he lives in like a, like a nice, well, at the time he lived in a modular home mm-hmm. on a lot of property. And now it's, he's, they've, they torn that down and they built like a really nice place. Um, but, 
you know, I mean, that's like a baller move, right? To go, yeah. I'm going to bring you up to show you like, oh, you want to come work for me? Like, mm-hmm. this is what we do. Here's right. my $32 million house. <laughs> like that. It's like, this is like LA money, but I have this for days mm-hmm. and it's, it's, I like it. I mean, it's, it's a good move. Um, I, I wonder how many times uh, it obviously didn't work for Dale Jr. with Joe. <coughs> he went and signed with <laughs> Rick Hendrick. Right. So I guess uh, maybe after that, um, he offered, uh, he didn't offer that up anymore. But, it, you know, it was interesting because they were doing that deal. Uh, Dale had said that in order to try to sweeten the pot, they were going to offer him uh, a part ownership of Johnny Rockets. Mm. <laughs> you know, because, you know, Dan owned uh, Johnny Rockets at the time. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, I just, that, that whole thing really didn't appeal. But if he'd offered me some money, it's, you know, a, a tinge bit of ownership in the in the team, the football team, mm-hmm. I probably would have signed right on the dotted line. And I'm like, right. oh, my favorite driver <laughs> and my favorite coach and my favorite NASCAR team all together. Like, anyway, I dig the deal. It, you know, that's what you got to do. You got to yeah. you got to do what you can. Like, he, he, how hard it would have been to throw him a percent. Mm hmm. Throw him a little, a little nug. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, would, would have been smart. Yeah, I mean, and it didn't happen. So yeah. that's another, uh, you, you messed over, it messed us over again, mm-hmm. Daniel Snyder. What do, you, what do you think? So what are your thoughts about Bob Myers and Rick Spielman and Magic Johnson and um, Mitch Rails and... Um, who else is in that advisory group? I mean, yeah, you think you nailed it all. I, I look, yeah. I, I think some people. It was so it was first reported incorrectly that Bob Myers was coming in to like run the team, right? And people were starting to question, like, well, who, who is Bob Myers in relation to football, and what a mm-hmm. what a joke move. I actually think it's a great move. I, I do think too. A guy that, um, you know, a guy that understands how to build and develop leadership build and develop quality organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that guy can, he can do anything he wants mm-hmm. in any type of organization because he understands what it takes. Like, right. This, this isn't, there's no magic to football. No, the magic is developing and finding quality people that have an eye for talent. And to know when you don't know something um, that, you know, when you're not an expert that you go rely on those experts. And so you right. go get a guy who's, who's an expert, you know, and I love the Bob Myers move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy from, I thought it was funny that uh, the, uh, the other guy that they're bringing in um, who was the former GM of the Vikings uh, actually happened to be on John Kimes podcast just a few weeks ago. Right. It <laughs> was kind of given <laughs> some interesting insights into, uh, into Sam Howell and, mm-hmm. and what that looks like. So I would definitely encourage if you haven't listened to, to go check out uh, John's podcast in December mm-hmm. um, where he was on there. And I, I just think it's, it's good. I don't know that any one person here is going to have, um, <laughs> it is going to, you know, have a, a wide uh, ranging opinion more than another. I think there's going to be some consensus. I mean, look, magic is a winner everywhere he's been. Right. And every organization that he's been involved in it, has done well. I think he kind of understands. And he also, you know, very publicly when he was first with the Lakers, he, he ran his coach off. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> or is alleged to have. Right. So I, I think that there's there's something there. There's something there. I think it's all good. Yeah. Um, I think it all starts at the fact that they're starting with a, a GM is important. But if a talent, you know, like I think if somebody lands in their lap and they know they've got to make a decision right now, mm-hmm. they probably will go ahead and make a decision and not think twice about it. But, you know, for a lot of these players, a lot of these coaches that are currently, you know, they're hot. They're still playing. Yeah. You know, how many of these guys are sitting at home on the bench. So uh, I think starting with the the uh, GM first, while mm-hmm. you can get these guys, strike while the iron's hot because DBC, yeah. look all these vacancies starting to pop open. If you oh, wait yeah. too long, you're going to have, you're going to get Jim Zorn. <laughs> Nobody wants Jim Zorn. <laughs> or, or someone that's Jim Zorn-ish. Right. I mean, that's what we, but that's how we got Tim Zorn, right? Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. going to hire the official coordinator. Then we're going to hire the coach and then nobody wants to be the coach. Right. Well, I mean, they're going into the off season, you know, they, they have the number one, I mean, they have the number two overall pick in the draft. Um, that's the first thing they have with close to 90 million. No, in, uh, 72 million 72 or seven, million. 78 million, not 90. Okay. Okay. So close to $80 million. They have the most amount though yeah. in the, it, as far as, that goes. Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunities for them to bring in both, you know, young talent through the draft and some veteran uh, leadership. Yeah. You know. I, I think look, it's not going to be this year. I, and yeah. I, I hate to spoil it for everyone, but you, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that talent, that turnover, those results. Like you're not going to go from four in <laughs> what it was it? Four to four and 13, four and 13. You're not going to go 13 and four next season. No. It's just not happening. We'll have a better season, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but I do, you know, I do caution. Like maybe this is just me. I'm an embittered fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the the Panthers just fired Scott Fittier. Mm-hmm. And Scott Fittier, who came from the Seahawks one time, was one of these hot GM candidates. Mm-hmm. And that's the same dum dum that traded a whole bunch of draft picks for Sam Darnold from the Jets. And then traded a whole bunch of draft picks for um, uh, whoever they got, um, you know, as, as quarterback. And why the Bears look good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like you got to be careful. Like any one of these guys can make a bad mistake. Mm-hmm. The 49ers have made a bad mistake. I mean, Trey Lance wasn't any good. Right. And and they ate that one. But, you know, they got lucky in that they found a quarterback that was good, that did fit the system. That, right. You know, they were able to to make it work. Right. I mean, it's, it's, I think the, the thing about the NFL right now is that it takes some time traditionally to get your team where you need to be. Like, I, I'll take a team that for the, for the better part of the 21st century and even a large part um, of the 90s is the Browns, who were like pure trash, you know. And now, you know, you you know, with Stefanski at the helm, you know, they make they made their second playoff appearance in four years and and really are a quality team. You're playing quality football. So but it took time to get there. Yeah, but then they also mortgage their future. Well, potentially mortgage their future, but also their it suffered some reputational damage by going after Deshaun Watson yeah. and paying him. And then yeah. he didn't play for a long time because he was injured. Yeah. 
So yeah. I mean that was risky, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that was Glenn Cook, who was mm-hmm. who's one of the assistant GMs that mm-hmm. they're interviewing. But let's let's start with Adam Peters. He's the guy that I think everybody seems to have have is be is crowning as mm-hmm. possibly the next um, GM in Washington. Mm-hmm. He met uh, Tuesday evening with uh, Josh Harris and 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 the whole team down or they're all staying over at josh's house jo- like, jo- is, it, is it josh and the jayhogs or and the, the josh and the jayhogs josh yeah. and the hogs really i guess yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i bet i mean if you've got nine bedrooms like you don't have nine children do you mm-hmm. just having all these guys yeah. from all like is 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 bob down there like just like chilling out in the pool house like mm-hmm. what's happening there i'm like what i want insight as to this into this situation <laughs> right but um well, look, he's a California guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that may be something that that plays into this, right? Born in California, grew up a 49ers fan, mm-hmm. um, was on the New England Patriots um, uh, scouting, was started out as a scout uh, for the Patriots, uh, went to the Broncos, has three Super Bowl rings, including two with the Patriots and one with the Broncos. Um and he's the guy that like they seem to look at as as holding this you know like he's the hot commodity right you know him the panthers are, are trying to talk to him as well um interesting enough that you know when Josh McDaniels went to the Broncos the first time in 2009 he followed him there mm-hmm. so it's like he has that uh lean on McDaniels i think Josh McDaniels is a terrible coach so yeah, I, he is a terrible coach. <laughs> that that kind of scares me a little bit, right? Yeah. Like as far as things make you go, mm, yeah. that makes you go, mm. That's, uh, a, that's, that's a red flag. It's a bit of a red flag. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. not a big flag, but I mean, mm-hmm. look, uh, it, it, as far as undrafted players that have done well uh, mm-hmm. for them, CJ Anderson, Justin Simmons, George Kittle, Fred Warner, mm-hmm. uh, Brock Purdy, Julius Thomas, Chris Harris, Malik Jackson. You know, I mean, they, they've done well. Right. So he's a great talent evaluator. Now, granted, we just talked about it. Trey Lance was a big bust. Right. Um, and and they gave up some to get that. So I um and they got really nothing out of them. Right. So that scares me, you know, especially for for all the fans who have been hollering that, you know, they want the the kid out of UCLA. Um mm. Like, you want to take him second overall? They're like, bring him home, bring him home. <laughs> you about you know, uh, Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams. Yeah, he's at USC. USC, that's what I meant. Yeah. No, he's not a bear. He's yeah. a Trojan. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they're like, bring him home, bring him home. And I'm like, yeah, but you're going to spend second overall on a quarterback that didn't even play in his bowl game? <laughs> right. Anyway, that's just me. Um, You know, I also saw a story today. That uh, Mike McCl- uh, Will McClay of the Dallas Cowboys, who's the assistant mm-hmm. GM, um, he's been down there for 21 years, just running stuff. And mm-hmm. by all by all accounts, the guy is like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is he'll never be general manager of the Cowboys. That's no. that's Jerry Jones. Yeah. And apparently every time somebody has gone to try to interview him, the Cowboys have put the Kyle Bosch in place. Right. So 
he's a guy um and and the Carolina Panthers they both have said um that that absolutely not like that mm-hmm. that you know that this probably won't happen um uh, but we'll see um th- you know if it if it actually happens uh if they if <coughs> they allow it to happen uh that like is is the if the Cowboys actually allow the interview to happen, they may just mm-hmm. say, you know how much money you got? We'll give you so much to, to not even, not even just go to stay. Miami. Just yeah. Or, or make them wait. Right. Like yeah. it could say like, Hey, you can't, you, we have to go lose our game next weekend <laughs> in order <laughs> for you to, um, for you to have this interview. And they may say, absolutely not. Right. Um, Alec Hallaby. Alec Hallaby's a guy from the, uh, from the Eagles. Assistant general manager. Um, he's he's been with the Eagles for 16 years, so East Coast guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was uh head of player personnel in 20 um 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. He started his career as a football operations in the football operations department. Um, and he's been an assistant GM uh, all the way since 2012. Mm. So, I mean, guy also gr- went graduated from Harvard. Smart guy. Maybe smart. Yeah. Maybe a smart guy. I mean, look, the Eagles, I think, are somebody that you see they have been making all the moves right. um, over the last two seasons and kind of taking everyone's lunch. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it w- without really any, um, a, you know, like w- without any, um, any pause, uh, Howie Roseman, I think is regarded as one of the, um, highest regarded, uh, general managers in, in the NFL. So to lose your guy um, mm-hmm. to a division opponent right down the street, I mean, that'd be a little tough. <laughs> that'd be a, be a big time tough. That'd be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll but see. the other thing I'm wondering is that, you know, how much of this is that these are folks that they're legitimately looking at and how much of this is smoke screens to kind of, you know, confuse and obfuscate other teams. Um, I think this is the talent that you, that you have out there, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't know that you would necessarily lose um, that, that, that you would, have to run a smoke screen. Like Mm -hmm. these are all the guys. If you look at the teams that needed everything and the Washington needs and everything. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of what you're going to for, you know, these, these are the names you're, you're going to have out there. Right. Um, so I, I I don't know that it's a bad move at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you're, they're probably going to lean on a guy that's probably really heavy into analytics Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that grew up in the scouting world that, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, kind of sees Washington as a, um, like Washington, I think is a great destination. Like you really have a blank slate here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you don't have a whole lot of players that you're, you're trying to make happy. The whole team is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's, you, there's no Aaron Rodgers type quarterback that you have to appease. There's no, yeah, there's none of that. There's I mean, no, you could you could yeah. literally blow out the entire roster, and you really wouldn't lose anything. No, um, which is what they're going to do, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think that there's a few guys that definitely could could survive. There's a few talent pieces, but I mean, there's so I, many holes. I, like I can't. See I this. think the only I think 
right now, the only player that I can think of that I think is safe is Terry McLaurin. And uh, I think everybody else is subject to get blown up. Maybe Deron Payne, like you said earlier. Yeah, it just it could be his contract. Uh, yeah. Duran stays. Uh, you know, I think that there are some players that are just so good that you don't mess with. Like, yeah, you don't mess with Tress. No, I mean you let Tress retire when Tress retires. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of about it. That's my list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's Clil- not a single tight end. I mean, there's not Clil- a linebacker. There's no. not a person in the secondary except maybe maybe Kendall Fuller. <laughs> Yeah, but you know maybe Fuller gets moved, but yeah, I think Fuller's probably your best, your best corner. Mm-hmm. All the others are pretty bad. Uh, the D line is pretty bad right now. Your DNs mm-hmm. are bad. Your offensive line is is atrocious. Atrocious. Yeah. Um, wide receivers, you get Terry McLaurin's good. Mm-hmm. Jahan Dotson could be good. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, I think, had a great season. I think Curtis mm-hmm. Samuel is somebody I would I would want to keep around if it fits the scheme, or I'd trade him and see if he can get some get some. I think he may have a year left on his deal. I, I think Brian Robinson can survive, but I don't know if we've really seen him utilized to his full potential. No, we definitely didn't see it last year. No, I, I do find it funny, and we'll talk uh, in subsequent weeks about quarter, uh, coaches. Yeah. That uh, you know, Eric Bieniemy. They people still think Eric Bieniemy should be uh, one of these coaches. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> what did you watch it all last season? Right. But anyway, um, back to general uh, general managers Ian Cunningham from the Bears. Now the the Bears are somebody that I think everybody is still scratching their head at, like why in the Bears. But I totally get it. Like if you look at what the Bears did. Uh, over the last couple seasons, they've been slowly rebuilding that yeah. organization. They don't have a quarterback. Justin mm-hmm. Fields is not very good, mm-hmm. but they also recognize that that they could fix a lot of the other pieces and then hopefully fix Fields. Yeah, or find a better quarterback. And <laughs> now it's I think I mean the fact they're keeping Matt Eberflus is surprising. But they seem to have blown out his entire organization around yeah. him. So if Eberflus doesn't get it together this year, I mean, I, I think he's one of these guys that's probably not going to make it the whole season. Right. But um, but as far as general managers go, I mean, look, uh, I, over there at the Bears, they have all the picks yet again. They have all <laughs> they've they've got a lot of power, and yeah. and they pulled off what was probably one of the most remarkable trades. And that not only did they acquire from the Panthers DJ Moore, but also took so many of their draft picks that <laughs> the Panthers won't even bother having a draft day party because they don't have enough draft picks. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, they, they have truly, truly shown this is why you don't trade up for one player. You don't leverage everything for one player right. because it doesn't work. It never does. Well, you and, know, you look. You look at. I mean, you look at the Panthers situation. You look at this in the Texans situation. I mean, both of them drafted rookie quarterbacks. They and, sure did. I mean, Texans knocked it out of the park with Stroud, and um, the Panthers are looking mighty bad right now. And but, it, but their defense was actually better than ours, and that's a sad. Yeah, like they yeah. they allowed a hundred fewer points than we did, mm-hmm. um, even with all their injuries, but. I think um, that, I mean, that's the that, 
giving away your whole draft for for one player is it's it that, that's that was a crazy move but if it worked yeah. it would have worked but i think we've seen it didn't work it didn't work for robert no robert was here for a year and after that it was gone thank goodness we had kirk cousins but then you know that didn't work out right um so you know i mean I think I've learned my lesson. If anybody that's saying, well, you know, you can only go from two to one. You really wouldn't cost you that much. No, it's going to cost plenty. It's going to cost plenty. I don't, anyway. But I don't think, I don't think that's something that we need to do. You no. know, if we're, if, if we're at two, two, they can only draft one player. Right. And, and then it'd be crazy if they, somebody goes and tries to trade up right. to, to two uh, to one. And then, and then they get another King's ransom again. Right. So um, Cunningham, which, which oh. I could see the Bears trying to do. Oh, of course you know? they're gonna shop that pick around. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? And Washington yeah. should do the same. Yeah, like if you, if you, you can not fall back that far, but then reload and mm-hmm. and fire at this thing one more time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right. That's the how you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ian Cunningham uh, from the Bears, he spent some time in uh, Philadelphia. So he was director of college scouting in 2017, moved out to player personnel and, um, and then joined the bears in 2022. So Eagles, uh, Howie Roseman, um, disciple. I think that's probably why you're saying that this guy's getting all the run. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting back. Cause I mean, the Eagles been good. They also won a super bowl. So mm-hmm. I can argue with that. Um, and then Mike Borgonzi, of course, from the chiefs, a chief assistant GM had also spent time, uh, with the Patriots, so it's kind of coming through that uh, that two, uh, two elite two elite organizations. Yeah, exactly. You f- talk about failing upwards if you mm-hmm. were to say that. Yeah. Um, and then Glenn Cook from the Browns. I mean, I think that that kind of. I mean, the Browns have have turned it around. Seemingly, they did mm-hmm. bet all in on Deshaun Watson. That's probably been their saving grace. I mean, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the the Browns organization, not everything falls on them. But I mean, there's the same guys that went after. Quarterback after quarterback after quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. And mm-hmm. I mean, Johnny Manziel was the guy they, they signed. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I, I, I think that the Jayhogs will likely, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think that they're a better organization than that. I think that hopefully yeah. that they're choosing good people. It, it is curious how many of these guys though are linked back to Martin Mayhew. And then the suspicion is that Mayhew may stick around, Mm -hmm. which I guess, you know, whatever. Uh, I think that this first draft, this is the kind of part that's getting really interesting, right? Because the, your first draft for these guys, let's say that if they hire a, one of these guys and makes him GM in the next like two weeks Mm -hmm. and the draft is in April. Yeah. So you've got to really not the, your, your staff probably won't be in place. For all the positions that you would want to turn over. Right. You're relying on kind of guys like Mayhew in that scouting department to Mm -hmm. try to help make some of these decisions. Mm -hmm. Plus what you've already learned and what you already started working on with your old team. Right. Uh, So that's going to be interesting. I think that could, that could be problematic. You know, I almost kind of feel bad watching him in such a high pick Mm -hmm. because you really are under the gun to get it right the first time, but you're also not doing it with your team. You're right. doing it with somebody else's. Like, remember that was the whole Scott McLuhan thing. Yeah, you know, like you're like, oh, Scott, it was a Scott draft. It was uh, Bruce Allen's. What, what the when the other thing you got to look at too, like you know, we're talking about who the next general manager is going to be. Is that 
how does your draft selection play with the coach that you want to hire? Right. Because, it's true. because again, it's like, you know, what's who's driving his engine, right? Is it the Jayhawks saying we want this kind of player or is it, you know, the GM or is it like, are they going to defer to the coach? Cause you know, all these coaches come in with their system and their philosophy and the type of player they want to run their offense and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, so you're going to have all those dynamics in place. I think a team that I think has gotten it right would be the Baltimore Ravens because and, they, and no Ravens folks have come through yet. No, no, none whatsoever. No, none whatsoever. And, and it could look, be that, that the requests have been made and they just hasn't been made public. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Nobody, as far as general managers go, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, nobody has come through from um, right. So I, I think that's curious because that was one of those things where we saw, oh yeah, here come they're really hot on the Ravens mm-hmm. and nothing yet. Yeah, and and one of the interesting things was I think they said that uh, Harris was quoted as saying that he wanted to pattern the Commanders off of the Ravens as far as how they run their organization. They've been doing good. Yeah. Can't can't argue with can't no. argue with the success that they have had. No. Can't argue with it at all. So it's, um, you know, it's just, it's. I, I just think that it's, it's a lot of shoes that are left to drop. You know, I think that they are doing their due diligence as far as thoroughly going through these candidates, you know, making sure they pick the right person. Because, again, once you hire that GM, that GM is going to weigh heavily on who the next coach is going to be as well. Mm-hmm. So because, again, because clearly the, the organizational um, setup that they are, laying the foundation for is that the GM is going to be the GM, you know, yep. and, the, and the coach is going to have, is, is not going to have anywhere near the player personnel power that say Rivera had that Shanahan had, or even like what Gibbs had um, when they were the coaches with this team. So I think that that model is gone with the Jayhawks. You know, I think they want clearly defined roles between front office GM coaching staff mm-hmm. no i think you're right so we will see kind of i guess what happens mm-hmm. right like um i wouldn't be surprised over the next two weeks we've got ourselves a general manager mm-hmm. uh in place one of these young guns that um y- you know steps up and has the reins and then you start to see i wouldn't be surprised if if by I wouldn't be surprised if you saw even by the start of training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not training camp. I'm sorry. By the draft, if you saw almost the entire uh, front office change. But I would say it probably will take until training camp to, to get all the, you know, for every for all the positions you have to turn over in that organization mm-hmm. after they've done a full analysis of what their staff is and who they are and mm-hmm. the ones that they feel like they've got to replace. Like, you can't do it all at once. You, you would you would be committing organizational suicide to do it all at once. How, how, let me ask you a question. How does the Jayhawks temper expectations in 2024? You know, where, you, you know, you can't, yeah. <laughs> you ask for it. Yeah. You try to do things like they did this year, like with mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, nachos and, and good player experience and yeah. people show up. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I hope may, it, it maybe. I, here's the hard thing it's going to be 
is if they do go out, let's say, and they get a Ben Johnson as a as a coach, and then they they go and they knock it out the park, and they 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 get Caleb Williams. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let, let let's just say right. For, mm-hmm. So the now now you're everybody's in a fever pitch. Look at Washington. They're just you know everything's salivating over Washington, and that first game of preseason. Here we go. Like they just go out and lay a turd. Mm-hmm. And the second game, another turd. Third game, turd. All right. Well, we're, we're used to this. We're, you know, that's what Joe Gibbs used to do mm-hmm. in the first preseason game. Right. Turd. Second, turd. And now you're like, we're, we have a problem here. <clears throat> right. And I think that's where you're going to start. Like they may be asking for grace and they may be asking for um, a little bit of deference, but that's not what you do in the NFL. Like, uh, there are only 17 games and that's it. Mm-hmm. You don't get years to get it right. I think this, command, I think the, that, the Redskins fans, Washington football teams, fan commanders fans, they were waiting. They've waited 20, 30. They waited 31 I, years to, for the team to get it right. That's, that's what I was going to say that I, this fan base is incapable of being patient. No, um, they, no, they have been patient. They waited they 31 years. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that where other teams, you know, you'd have some grace um, uh, as far as trying to get back in the upper echelon. Uh, I don't think you're going to get that with this fan base. I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the teams that have, I mean, like Detroit, who's historically sucked, and now they are, you know, NFC North division champions. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, you know, who have historically sucked, and now, you know, they're playing really good football, the five seed in the AFC. Um, the Houston Texans, you know, they, you know, um, you know, they've been up and down. I mean, they kind of like, you know, fell to the bottom once um, Watson left. Um, but now they're on the upswing with CJ Stroud. You know, I look at I look at those situations and scenarios, and I don't know if, if you get that turnaround from Washington next season. Yeah. yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> somebody said... Um, <clears throat> uh, happy to see today and and th- we'll talk about this you know in coming weeks when we get closer mm-hmm. but uh they said that the bears believe or at least this analyst believes that the bears would get the second overall 36th overall and the 40th overall from the commanders to move back one spot um so the commanders could go up and get whomever they think they need to get at number one. I think, I I think that's idiotic. And the reason why I was saying it's idiotic is because we're not a quarterback away from being a good team. Like we, that's this is, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Say it louder for the people in the back. No, this is like, this is not a quarterback away to, you know, turn this thing around. Like we, this is a total rebuild guys. We're rebuilding. I know nobody wants to acknowledge that word and everything like that, but we are rebuilding and look in the, in the thing about it is you can't even just look at Rivera's tenure, right? You, you look at Jay Gruden's tenure. You look at Mike Shanahan's tenure. You look at the, 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 the Zorn era, you know, you look at, I mean, you know, the only the only coaching era that we've had in the past 30 years that we were on the upswing was the Gibbs 2.0. Everything else has been crapola, you know, period. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, so to me, is that we all like Washington fans, Redskins fans, Commanders fans, football team fans, uh, Washington Sentinels fans, whatever designation you give this team, um, embrace the suck, embrace the fact that we are rebuilding this team, embrace the fact that Sam Howell probably will not be our quarterback next season, at least not the starter. Uh, he'll either at best he'll be a backup, you know, or he won't be on this team at all next season. Uh, I mean, I think those are his two options: either backup or not on the team at all next year. You know, and we got to blow this thing up. You know, we got to blow it up. You know, and and start from scratch and build and lay a foundation of professionals who know what the hell they're doing as far as draft, free agency, getting the right coach, running a modern um offensive and defensive attack in the NFL, you know, playing modern football, uh, not this Newt Rotney stuff that we've been doing for the past, you know, 20 some odd years, you know, so it's 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 a rebuild, you know, so everyone needs to accept that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see what happens. Um if you know if if the commanders can pull it off if they can temper expectations, if they don't, I mean, look, this season alone, uh, attendance at Commanders games were up ten percent. They had an average crowd side of sixty three thousand. Um, that's huge, huge for that yeah. organization that yeah. had that had been the lowest in attendance <laughs> in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Still, that's an 90,000 seat stadium, and that's a long ways from there. But yeah. um, you know, there's 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 something to be said. So yeah. um, anyway, um, any final thoughts before we get out of here for the week? Uh, just excited for the NFL playoffs to start. You know, looking at these uh, matchups there, I think that uh, you know, uh, I think in the Browns Texans game. I, I think the Browns are going to win that game. Uh, I think in the uh, Dolphins versus uh, Chiefs, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think the um, the uh, Bills Steelers, I'll go um, Bills, even though I like the Steelers. And then I think in the NFC, uh, I think you got uh, Dallas versus Green Bay, go with Cowboys. I think Rams, Detroit, uh, you go um, – that could go either way, uh, but I, I, I'll, I'll say Detroit, and then I think Bucks, Philly. I'll, I'll go Eagles. All right. Well, I mean, the Eagles haven't won in what seven weeks. They haven't won in seven weeks, but I still think they're a better team than the Buccaneers. I think that they can get it together, uh, unless Baker goes off. You know, I mean, they do have some good receivers with uh, Mike Evans and Godwin, and uh, you know, and kudos to Todd Bowles. I mean. Uh, you know, getting that team to win their um, third consecutive division title, you know, a lot of people threw the dirt in his face. So, I mean, the fact that he was able to get that team into the playoffs again, uh, you know, kudos to him, you know. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I you know, I'll, I'll probably watch a little, but no, it's not my team. I don't really. Yeah. I remember a few years ago I watched uh, the Vikings uh in the playoffs uh as i was like painting the room that i'm sitting in right now that's just how little i was 
like paying attention, you know, it's just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. It's different when it's, I, I know like some people are just like, oh yeah, football, I'll eat it all day long. I don't mm-hmm. care what flavor, I just want it. And that's, just, that's not me. I want my team to win and I don't really care yeah. what everybody else is. You, you know, Dallas Cowboys can uh, rot as far as I care. Can, can so, suck it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All day, every day. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I guess we'll see what happens if uh, hopefully by this time when we talk next, we will have a GM. Maybe we'll be talking about some coaches. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Ben Johnson, maybe Bobby Slowick, maybe mm-hmm. Mac McDonald from the Ravens. Who knows? Dan Quinn. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Hey, man, if anybody could turn that defense around, Raheem Morris, Raheem, yeah. the steam. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, we got a lot to work for. This is the start of the new. Finally, you know, this is this is it. The 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 sale happened. Everything happened right before training camp. You really not much you could do about it. Mm-hmm. You just had to go in the season and ride with what you had. And we know mm-hmm. we saw what he had. They 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 stunk. But now we're good. It's the the beginning of the new era. J Hog era. The J Hog era is upon us. Let's uh, drink it up, fellas. I think uh, I think the days of Washington being the dumpster for the NFL are are hopefully over. I'm going to knock on wood though, just to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll let the we'll let the Carolina Panthers take over for a while, and then well, they got know, the, maybe maybe the they Cowboys. Definitely, they definitely have the worst owner, Mister. I throw drinks on my fans. It wasn't his fans. It was uh, the other the other fans. So Jack Jaguars fans, right? I say, you know, look, here's the deal. I don't believe that you're the worst owner until you invite people into your stadium. They pay you money to be in your stadium, and then you put sewage on them. <laughs> like it happened for us. Until you do that, you're not the worst owner. Sorry, you may be the current worst owner, but you're but not you- the worst owner. You've got a lot to learn, David Depper. <laughs> a lot to learn. So we'll see, Uh, I guess, until next time.